From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Hey, welcome in. Good morning, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, John Swindle. Bill George. And Schreiner. You got to be careful again today. He's on the trigger. Schreiner's in the hands. <laughs> He's the man in black. Yeah, but today. not on the important issues of the day as far as y'all are concerned. Yeah. Well, I'm know. just pre-warning him because you know when he goes into his, like you say, the show, there's the on-air show and the off-air show. Right. What? Yeah, I'm just, you know, worried about the on-air show. I'm nah, not bringing, don't worry about I it. I don't bring that stuff up in the hallways, do you guys do? Trainer, but he didn't even, I didn't even make it in the building he started it. Why do you think when I lot. went to Dunkin' that I got you a breakfast sandwich and not donuts? Yeah, because well, we see what smart. happens. Well, right before you, you opened the door, I told the guys, watch this. But you were ready, didn't you? <laughs> oh, <yeah. it> <laughs> ah, see? See? It starts in the parking lot. Starts a fight in the parking lot, ends up in the bars, buddies. It's all good. I've also started fights at the Daytona 500 and walked uh, away. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, how did that start? And uh, we're like, where'd Shriner go? I would have never, never pegged you as one of those guys, ever. Hey, they were using our portalette, so I just shook it to let him know that he wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> at least they were kind enough to actually use the portalette and not underneath the bleachers off to the corner while it's raining. That's always a good one when Man. you're over there for that. Uh, you know, speaking of Shriner, good shows this week, bro. And he you're really a- gonna go. You were gonna bring that up on the air? Yes, I am oh. because you have a very good show. I really think you do a great job. And this past week, without uh, without your big boy producer behind the glass, you ran the whole ship by yourself, which oh, I know is not an easy feat. You know what you should try is you should bring two dingleberries in here and have them sit in this side of the studio and then shoot sticky darts at the window while you're trying to run the board and do everything. <laughs> I'm not, that's what you he should speaks do. From you, by, by the way, I have been working around the house, and I'm, I'm getting my collection of Nerf guns all, all situated. Yeah. It was, it's hard to go out and find. Uh, you can't just stop at a store and get the sticky darts. they got those no. little soft foam oh, tips on them now. Yeah, you can't find them anymore. And so uh, for three hours, I was where you're standing, and I had... Two uh, adolescents sitting on this side, licking the ends of their thing. All you'd hear is like, Oh, it was great. That's all you'd hear on the glass. Did I ever tell you that I was laughing hysterically (laughs) riding the tractor listening to that? Well, let me tell you, Carlos and I on this side of the glass. Oh, that is the admission. Yeah, of course Uh you did. Oh, they were in here just like two kids in the back of the school bus. (laughs) Look at him. Look at him. That was a good shot. Though I will say, they did not stick well to the glass. They bounced more right. than they stuck. You got to lick them. Yeah. Well, they were oh. licking them. <laughs> but that's what that's the problem. Those, with it. Yeah. This is pre-COVID. I'm Pre-COVID. Look, I'm looking right now. I guarantee you, you could probably still see a couple of uh, marks on there somewhere. <laughs> but uh, no. But you did a great job this past week. Thanks. A lot of entertaining topics and. Uh, you're very well informed, and you do a very smooth, good job. Well, we talked about Pat George, my producer, is out. That's what you're referring to. Yeah, and he Pat said we out. can talk about this kind of thing. He does. He's not, like, withholding the information, but he did. he's partially vaccinated and got COVID. Hmm. So he's getting the monoclonal antibody treatment today, uh, which, you know, doesn't matter your vaccination status. Unvaccinated, partial, or fully, yes. you can get it. You don't even – even if you are just in an endangered group, say you're over 65 – 
and you think you may have been exposed. You don't even have to test positive for COVID, and you can go in and get the monoclonal antibody treatment, which I looked up. Do you know when that became available? Uh, I'm going to say May of last year. No, it was November 9th. Okay. It was available at or before the vaccine was available, but that's not part of the narrative. So these are the things that Braden was like, your show's entertaining because I'm bringing all this up. Yes. But Pat also sent me a photo. Somebody ordered him ivermectin, the paste. Yes. Uh, 1.8%. And the thing that I was most intrigued by was the fact that it was apple flavored. Yes. Yes. Well, I thought, you, you want the animals to lick it? Yes. Yes. No, that's how it works. You put yeah. it on them and they lick it, and then that's... The paste. The nine, paste. Nine, yeah. nine times out of ten, people with the paste are going to be probably horse people or dog people. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so if we use it on humans, which you're not supposed to do, are you supposed to lick it? Actually, <laughs> or does it just absorb through the skin? What's actually, the... Glass of orange juice works great. The toothpaste in the you morning. You mix it in the orange juice or... <laughs> It, well, there's two different things. You okay. have the injectable ivermectin, right. which is the you. big old bottle. With and again, a, and again, we are not medical experts, no, and you're not supposed to do this. this ivermectin is, is let me let me is not. I'm covering y'all here. Yeah, is not FDA approved for COVID nineteen. It is FDA approved for use in humans for other things. Yes, and they are doing some yeah. serious investigations. I was on the NLM NIH. Gov website, National Institute of Health website, looking at studies that are being done where they're having success at treating people with ivermectin for respiratory issues specifically associated with SARS-CoV-2. So anybody who tells you it doesn't help, say the studies just, show uh, otherwise. Just like uh, hydrochloroquine and several other things right. that they said didn't work before. Yeah, yeah. and then those, those, uh, that information gets taken down Wink. from the internet post-haste. Well, uh, look at it this way. <clears throat> my, uh, my part-time gig over there at, uh, at G5 it's G5 feed and outdoors. So we've been sold out of ivermectin for about a week. Uh, there's still paste availables with the bimectrin and other things like that that have two or more other parasitic the, uh, ingredients. The Ivermec in Plus, and I the, will say this, is what you need to stay away from. Yeah. And then uh, you have the injectable. Which <laughs> is that they, what the guys in Missouri's got their hand on? Or were they just overdosing? Uh, that's the other issue is when... You hear, like, when you give Ivamec to a dog, especially. You're not supposed to give it to they, a dog if they got heartworms because it'll kill them. Well, but then the other problem is, too, is, is like what Shriner's saying, people, they tell you, you know, it's this much per 110 pounds one is tube, a cc. One tube will and, treat a 1,500-pound horse. Yeah. So you, as a human being, you look at it and you go, well, there's this many cc's, yeah. and you're only supposed to take about one... This is what I've been told. One cc, which is about the per length. For every 110 pounds. Okay. The, the so. length of your finger, about the same amount as you put on a toothbrush. You put it in your mouth. You drink some orange juice. You guys juice, are killing you, me. Well, I'm just telling you. Okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. I, now I regret, almost regret bringing it up, except for the fact that this is a legitimate health conversation. And I'm going to circle it back around to talk to your doctor. Don't yes. listen to any of us. Yeah. yeah. And, and Absolutely talk to your doctor. There, the thing is, there are people out there doing this. And yeah. there are people that are coming through just fine, and there are people that have actually ended up in the hospital. Well, you got to remember, there's people. <laughs> I, I remember a, a girl in high school overdosed on iron tablets. Well, yeah, you, know, you can I overdose mean, on Flintstones gummies yeah, sure. if you eat too many of them. So, yeah, and how many you don't people? Take the whole bottle. I don't know how many people every day you meet. And you go, yeah, my back's been killing me, man. I just took about uh, you know eighteen hundred thousand milligrams of ibuprofen, and I go, dude. You know what that's doing to your liver? And he's like, ah, you know, I, my back's kill me. I do it every other day. You know, keeps me even. You know, and I'm like, dude, 
people have been uh, self-medicating for a long time. If, if you turn around, you go into a drugstore and you buy Ben Gay, okay, you pay an exorbitant amount of money for a little tube, or you go into the feed store and you buy horse liniment oil or cream, yeah, which is, is the, the same, same exact thing. thing. <laughs> but usually it's about uh, 100% uh, more. Okay. And that's the thing about that, the pace ivermectin is like my sister, when she got COVID, they the doctor prescribed ivermectin to her. But, but they were these little teeny tiny tablets. She had to take yes. them like four times a day, and uh, they're not the same percentage. Do you know how many bottles of roll-on DMSO we sell every week? And it ain't, I guarantee you not one drop of it goes onto a horse's butt. I, I can tell None you. None of it. Because it's 99.9% DMSO. I, I will say this. As you have a son who is playing football, let's just say that the DMSO was not used for the horses and the no. cows all the time. Right. It was no. used for this horse every once in a while. Absorbing. <laughs> you remember Absorbing Junior? Yeah. Okay. Absorbing Junior, as Bill George pointed out, you go into your local uh, grocery store or, or you know drugstore, it's going to cost you $12, $13 a tube. You go down, you buy $6 worth of the same exact stuff in a ginormous bottle for 9 bucks, now, and uh, people are going to buy it. I I'm personally, sorry. when it comes to the horse liniment cream or whatever, I'm okay with that. When you start putting it, injecting you, and no, you start taking no, it orally, ah, I'll take something that's going through a little cleansing process. The injectable personally. ivermectin, people are not <laughs> shooting it up. From what I understand, they they measure it out, mm -hmm. mix it with the orange juice, and drink it. Okay, that's what they do. The they're injectable. not they're not uh, you know taking the big giant bottle and sucking a uh, you know ten hundred cc's of it and stick it in their thigh with a twenty gauge needle. Intermuscular. It's uh, see, I'm clueless to that because I would I would never consider I would go to a doctor. Yeah, I would never do that. I would never, you know. I'm also it, also the guy that couldn't, you know. I'd go to a party and they're like, we have a variety of drugs. I'm like, I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. I'm so <laughs> out of that. Well, if it comes to needles, I'm with Bill George. Uh, uh you ain't coming near me with that unless oh, you. Oh, needles don't get, scare me at all. No, it's, no. The running joke horse was needles. Dude, I, I had allergies. I have allergies. When I was a kid, I used to have to get three shots Shot. a week. It got so bad that you know we actually kept them at home because there was a nurse next door, yeah. and it was easier. It was my job to go get the vials and go see uh, Sally, and she would. Well, well, we'll do two in your right and one in your left this week. I'm like, thanks. Yeah, but those are little gauge needles. I'm talking about horse needles. I'm talking about them big giant. They look like ice picks. I don't. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't doing that either. No, it's like the sticking a McDonald's straw in your thigh. But. Well, and it's but like the running joke I had with my uh, several people when I used to work cows and all that on a daily basis for a living and deal with these medicines and had them get all over me and absorb into my body. I was never sick. Never. I don't yeah. understand why. But I was never sick. Well, it's the same reason why the milkmaids didn't get polio. They were like, they were trying to figure out why it is that these women are not getting polio. How come everybody else is getting polio? Well, because they're exposed to the uh, cattle all the time. They were in there, and they had a natural immunity to it by doing what they do. I'm not going to poo-poo the science when it comes to old people, especially when you got an 86- or 87-year-old grandmother who comes in and says, I got to buy some more of that ivermectin paste because that stuff, man, saved my life. Kicked it in two days. And I'm like, okie dokie. I mean, what works for some hey. doesn't work for everyone. 
Some people can take aspirin. Some people can't. Hey, it all goes back some people to the, can take the penicillin, some conversation people we were having in the parking lot. It's your body. <laughs> um, no, apparently it's not. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, they gave you that social security number at birth, so somebody owns your app. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a number of tattooed on your booty, man. What's yeah. up? But uh, I don't know. It's been a good one. It's been a good show. You've been very entertaining this past week. Uh, I always catch you on Tuesdays, and uh, usually I try to listen all the way. Yes, I've been late for work numerous times because I'm that guy who, right before the conversation gets good at the top of the hour, I can't leave until the news starts. So thanks for making me late, you man. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Go see them today. They got some great deals on some used cars over there you're not going to want to miss out on. We'll be right back. Be careful, man. Shriner's quick on the trigger, bro. All right, we're going to be careful. <clears throat> Welcome back. It is Big and Wild Outdoors. Brayden jumped in and Bill and Shriner. We got and somebody fired up. We got another Billy B on the uh, phone this morning. I think it's Bill uh, from uh, Port Canic. Is it Burkett? Hey, guys. Yeah, it's Burkett. Yeah, Bur- thanks for pronouncing it right. What? Well, <laughs> well, well, how else would I do it? Burkett. 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 That's what I get a lot is Burkett, <laughs> which is well, fine. Yeah. yeah well, Being in the, you know, Cooking stuff with barbecuing that it may have been briquette. Ah, yeah, yeah, exactly. I get that a lot too. I get it. That's his wrestling name. What are you guys doing? You got the boys in the back of the truck, and you're going to go destroy something. What are you doing? No, I wish I'm uh, on my way into the base right now. I'm I'm going to work right now because I don't know if you guys have heard, but Afghanistan's not going ideally. No, not quite. Can can I say uh, just for myself and my family? We're sorry for who you have to work for. Yeah. Wait a minute. Well, yeah. Wait a minute. Did you shave your face? No, <laughs> not, not yet. I uh, there, there was about a ninety there was about a ninety minute conversation uh, early last week about uh, um, uh, several of us having to go back over just to do some some other things. Clean up. But uh, right. Um, thankfully, that didn't happen, and uh, so now we're just what we're doing is we're really trying to figure out how to get a few other working through some diplomatic stuff but you know the I, I work for a marine i work for the marines right now which is pretty funny as a retired army guy working with a bunch of marines it's uh you can imagine the epic jokes oh, yeah. and the poking that goes on in there but i i tell you that thursday it was uh it was it was far from that but um anyway i was going to talk to you about the saint pete uh, spearfishing open for a minute uh sure. that went really well last week yeah, I heard. Uh, I know a lot of friends of mine are always there every year, and uh, they did extremely well this year. And uh, red tide didn't seem to affect uh, the uh, fishing offshore or too much this year because there were some monsters pulled out this year. Some there, huge... was, there was a record. Uh, there yeah. was a record uh, uh, carbo that was pulled out, and nice. uh, I think it went one fourteen or one thirteen. Uh, holy crap! And a grouper too. I think it was a new record for the uh, for the grouper. I, it, it was, yeah. yeah. It, it, I think the new grouper, because they make you gut them now or clean them before you you come to the weigh-in table, because apparently people were stuffing uh, weights down in them. Oh, no. Uh, no. Oh, no if you're doing that, you need to get a life. But um, 
yeah, so they, they make us uh, gut them uh, before we bring them into the weigh-in. But, yeah, I know that, uh, yeah, one of the – one of the I think the third-place grouper got was 86 pounds clean. Good Lord. So they probably took at least 20 pounds of uh, material yeah. out of it before they uh... – and. Yeah, and the, uh, the the guy that won, because uh, we know the guy that won the uh, Cobia, his Cobia went, I think, 34.7. Wow. That would have been fun to catch on about 12-pound Tesla. <laughs> that would have been yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it was it was a fun time. I will tell you, so Red Tide didn't really affect us, but um, I, I've heard on some other radio stations, you know, guy, uh, you know, fishing radio stations and stuff like that, about them talking about, um, you know, the uh, – the, the brown water and the, what looks like uh, pollen or plankton on the surface, you know, within eight or ten miles of uh, of shore. You guys know what that is, right? It's uh, that's a type of uh, wait. There's this time of year in the algae. spring. No, in this in the springtime, uh, we used to uh, refer to that as uh, oyster um, babies, oyster babies. Yeah. Yeah, so, so part of it's that, but then also part of it is because of red tide. Right. And what happens is it's spores. And so a lot of the vegetation along the shore, it somehow knows that there's something wrong with its biological system. And so it will start indiscriminately um, dumping all of its spores in order to try and reproduce as quickly as possible because it knows it's going to die. And so that's what that's what a lot of that stuff that people see is, is brown water is those spores. Wow. Yeah, Did not know that. That and uh, mixed in with the uh, oyster uh, releases, yeah. it, it makes for really lovely water to swim in. You yeah, can, it, yeah. It, first exactly. couple feet, so. anyways. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, and that's and uh, you know it's just really an education process. Just don't want people to think that that's what red tide or something looks like it's no. just spores we we dove right through it i think we, we dove a couple of spots that were about uh 60 feet and um you know we, we dove right through it didn't go to the bottom so you know it's, it's all harmless awesome well now did your boys dive with you this year uh they didn't uh the the older ones will dive next year because we did see a 13 year old that uh geez i want to say i think he won the kids um the kids category and i think he shot a 24 pound gag that's not too bad no it's it's not bad for a 13 year old to uh, have to uh, reel in a uh, group underwater <laughs> no i, I just I, I know that my my son was looking to do it when he was a lot younger the f- very first times we started going down to the st pete open of course they get the bug and they're he just wanted to go down and kill lionfish that's what he wanted to do and and yeah. uh, so i started talking to my buddy bill hardman over at yep. uh, AO. i know bill yeah, over at Aquatic Obsession, and uh, he was like, I'm not going to teach him. And I was like, well, why not, man? He goes, he's too young. And I said, what do you mean he's too young? He goes, well, man, he's going to he's gonna be a big kid, and I don't want to interfere with his growth plates, being under all that pressure and everything. I was like, what are you talking I'd never heard of that before in my life. He's like, I don't know. Bill, Bill's, a, Bill's a different guy, so I don't know what Bill was talking about. but uh, Growth okay. plates. When um, your kids are growing, <laughs> you know, they got, uh, you know, there's – growth plates in their bones or whatever it is and when you put them under a tremendous amount of pressure and they're diving all the time it actually will yep. will stunt your growth and i was like dude i've never heard of that before in my life i've, I've never heard that but i bill i believe most of what bill hardman says well yeah i don't believe all of it well i mean he's basically i always refer to bill hardman as the one one of the only spacemen who actually participated in the saint pete open and the reason why i call him a spaceman because he he doesn't breathe air 
<laughs> he breathes no. like uh, nitrox, oxygen, whatever. Oh yeah, he's, methane he's breathing and... that trimix with like ten percent helium or twelve percent helium. Because he's going and, down and there, like, he's stuff. going down like to two hundred feet to shoot these yeah. these ginormous yeah. fish. So he's yep. he's, a, he's, a, he's an astronaut. I want to change the subject. This, this, well, this before pro- before you change it. Apparently there is. I just looked it up and I got this from uh, Danza.org. Uh, Children uh-huh. and diving: the real concerns. Um, there are no studies that show clear evidence that okay. decompression stress can affect long-term bone development in young divers, but they're not ruling it out. Yeah, yeah. see? I mean, he was like, uh, wait till he's like 13 or 14, and I'll throw him in the, in the water. And I was like, okay. Well, now he's six foot one, so sure, I'll throw his ass in there. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slow him down a bit. Now, changing gears, this 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 issue in afghanistan is not going to disrupt uh, your alligator season now right as of no, right it, now it shouldn't unless we have a bunch of afghans that move into the st john's river area in clay county <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> well that would, be, that would be a short-lived fight i think the gator uh, would fight longer well I just, in case yeah you... yeah it, it, exactly yeah. but uh, yeah the uh, speaking of lionfish though i i did shoot the second largest lionfish which didn't get me anything but uh, yeah, I, I was able to shoot the second largest lionfish out there. But uh, how to big? answer your question, no. How big? Uh, it went. It was three hundred and seventy-five millimeters, and the biggest one was four hundred and twenty-five millimeters. What the hell is that? Speak English. We're not on the metric I know. system. What is that? They mean? were. That's how the science people what? talk. How yeah. long is it's, that? Uh, how long is uh, what is that? Two pounder, three pounder. Let's narrow it down to bass. I think, I think it went by. I went. I think it went for about a three pounder. Not bad. Um, that's yeah, a slam. hang on just a second, guys. Hey, guys, I'm going through the gate. Hang on just okay. a second. I mean, do you have to talk to Salute? That's all they're going to do to you. Come on, just drive through. You'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. Yeah, ID, ID Salute. Yeah, you do. Thanks. ID, see, I told you. ID Salute, get out. Pfft, he's gone. Oh, hey, Bill, what's up? Guys? <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Okay. It's all right. We talked yeah, while you were. While they don't you like were, you to be on your phones while you're uh, going through the gate. Yeah. Well, that's because it's disrespectful. You know, yeah, exactly. You need to get them like uh, big wings on the corner of your windshield. That way, they don't even <laughs> stop you. They just kind of look at you, salute, and wave. Oh you no, through. they look at everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, and, and and there's some crazy things that come. There's some crazy things that happen at McDill Gate. You guys just don't know. Like they, uh, I had a buddy that was in charge of uh, security there a few years ago, and he said that you'll have they'll have people that will come up thinking it's a toll road. Because um, they'll they'll just give like two dollars to the gate guard, and or they'll or they'll yes. just go through it like with a sun pass, and uh, that locks the that's happened several times here. Uh, they'll go through with a sun pass, and it'll lock the base down. Uh, they found a senior citizen on the airfield, going up and down the tarmac trying to look for the off ramp because there is no fence around the tarmac. Yeah, and uh, I, I, you know what's an even better adventure is when you go in the backside over on the. Uh, on the west side of the base, and you go up in the back canals, and you hear a voice coming. Oh, yeah. out bu- when you hear a voice coming out of the bushes, going, "Sir, you need to clear the area." And you're looking yeah. around like, uh, uh, "Okay, thank you." Man, voice uh, in the woods. <laughs> the, uh, the, the no post, fishing, no the, fishing. The, the base, the base senior enlisted advisor. So the guy that is the senior enlisted guy on the base. This happened in 2018. He got a ticket for uh, fishing out there yep. in the uh, in one of the cypress uh, uh, areas with his uh, paddleboard. He got a he got a ticket from the uh, MPs for that. Yeah, they nice. I don't I've never seen the voiceless 
people who are over there in the uh, jungles off of there. I just know that they're oh, I, usually pretty polite because they I always remember, say, "Sir, you need to you need to clear the area and back up about another hundred and fifty yards away from the uh, the area." Yeah, I, like, I, I remember okay. going there for HCC, Thank and you. it was uh, interesting every morning because you had to give yourself about uh, 20 minutes or so before what? you got to class well, to get checked out sure yeah, it's uh, all yeah. Good. well are you are you all right are you gonna be good i mean you're gonna you're gonna be around it's this is something we don't yeah. have to worry about or anything no no i should i should be around um of course famous last words um but uh no i, I should i should be around uh for a while uh in fact trip and i my oldest and i just got uh just got entered into a uh, youth hunting um, uh, here in Hillsborough County, so you know I I want to be there for him for that. Yeah. Uh, and then of course Gator season, but uh, no, we we should be around. So uh, you know I'll um, I'll, I'll I'll swing by. You know if 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 not before the uh, Christmas uh, time, you know on the way out to do the le- uh, wreath laying and you know bring you guys some leftover barbecue. No, oh, br- yeah. bring us some of those really good enchilada MREs, man. Those things are awesome. Yeah. Hey, hey, that that was you know that one and the meatloaf were the two. When I was going through Ranger School, I got to know the MRE intimately because <laughs> I went from the invasion in Iraq uh, right into Ranger School. So I've been eating MREs for six months. So I knew every one of them and what came with every one of them. And yeah. the, uh, the meat, how do you think Bill's such meat- a great cook? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the meatloaf <laughs> and the enchilada were the two best ones because they had the best side items. Yeah, and the other one, and they're also the ones that you eat before you got to go do something for a long period of time because they're the ones that'll lock you up. You have to know which ones will lock you up and which ones will oh, loose, yeah. and which ones will loosen up the lock up. So you got to yeah, yeah. you got to do your uh, stagger yep. them differently. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, well, I, I, I'm at, I'm at work now. So right. hey, you let guys me let good. me just say this: yep. after your you started making the meatloaf. Robert from Smoking Aces quit, you know. <laughs> he could not compete. I make fun of him all the time. He just gave it up yeah. because yeah, of your meatloaf. I, I got to, you know, I'm dying to see that guy, actually. So, yeah. you know, ho- hopefully well, I can see him in a competition here soon. Well, make sure you tell him that he gave it up because of you, and that's what yeah, you're Yeah, I will. Bill just Boys, likes it's starting. Good to talk to you. Yeah, well, right, be, be, safe, be safe. Be careful. Get home soon. All right. We appreciate what yes, you sir. do, man. You know that. Thank you. All, all right, right, man. Bill, all right, good. Bye. Love you, man. Get out of here. You know, uh, he was talking about the MREs. A friend of mine has just been experimenting with his family, and they've been ordering MREs from around the world. Their favorite, they say, blows everything away is the French MREs. Oh, of course. And then the Italian they're waiting on because it comes with alcohol. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. They, yeah, I'm not sure if it's wine or a little bit of liquor. But right, there's, then. It comes with, so it, he's waiting for that to clear. It may or may not be allowed into the country, but that's what the, you can order MREs from around the world. It takes a while. You have to know where to do it, but they were having like a tasting and That'd he was putting, awesome. they're opening up pate and all that. I'm like, wow, yes, some well, good stuff need, they're serving up. You need to turn around, see when they're doing all that ordering. If you get a couple put off and we'll do a live on the air, uh, taste. I'll ask him if he wants to, he'll probably just go, here's the website, order your own. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause these guys are stocking up and stockpiling and you know, oh, it's yes. going, it's going in there. We had a conversation this room. week. I made a, made an offhand comment about having my go bag, and somebody goes, "You really have a go bag?" And I'm like, "Of course." Who doesn't? And, and well, exactly. Then he turns and he goes, "Well, you're a level-headed guy, Rich. Do you have a go bag?" Yeah, I got my tent and everything in the car too. 
And he goes, hey, do you got to go back? Like, the first four people he asked were like, yeah, of course, you don't. And he you got to have a bug out bag, man. He, that, by the My way, he's one of the bosses stopped. here. He locked the door and just went into his own world at that point. He couldn't believe <laughs> that it was so common that the first four people he asked were like, well, yeah. Yeah, sure, why not? You live in Florida, you got to have something in there. They have them in Minnesota. They have them everywhere else. The candle and the sand and all the kitty litter in the trunk, you know, for when you get stuck, you got your little bug out. It's just different regionally. You know, I always like the World War II K rations because they came with cigarettes. All right, we're going to take a break. It is a big fall outdoors. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Johnson, Bill, and Shriner in here today. We're brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. they got some great deals going on this weekend. We've got a great big sale going on on used vehicles. If you're looking for something nice to drive, maybe a new commuter, because, you know, with gas prices going the way they are, pushing those 40-inch tires, maybe you just save that for the weekends. You know what I'm saying? Trust me, I've been there. But um, I wish I had that option. Interesting question this past week. I wanted to bring it up to Bill George since uh, we're in full swing of gator season. By the way, thank you so much for the deliveries. We now have a nice full uh, complement of your gear at G5 ready yeah. to go. George G- said when he dropped it off, it was uh, a little on the vacant uh, side. Dude, we were out of harpoons. All of our bang sticks were gone. I mean, uh, pe- pe- you know, it's it- typical. People rushing in at the last minute because they're like, uh, I need to get a bag stick. I need to get a hook. I need to get da, 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 da. What, When are you hunting? Tonight. What, what, what? what it is is what? this. <laughs> Everybody has a friend that's going to help them out. Exactly. And then at the last minute, the friends the friend. don't follow through, yeah. follow through on them. Um, you know, I had a guy that I talked to. His All his equipment was up in Cedar Key. And it. They had the whole family had COVID, and he says, "I'm not going near that place <laughs> getting my stuff. Leave my I stuff on new, the porch. I need new stuff." Yeah, well, now there was a good question that came out on the uh, uh, Gator Hunters uh, little group this past week, and I wanted to bring it up to you, okay? Because I've heard conflicting reports on this, and I do have an answer for this gentleman, which I did tell him, but uh, he asked the question: What color light? Works best for hunting alligators, and the two choices that he gave were green or red. In your experience, what what do you think works best in that color spectrum? I will say I had a light on my head that would though I was using the wicked light on uh, Wednesday night. It can shine green, red, or white, and I shined white all night long. And the reason why I shined white all night long is I could see great with the white light Uh, it's just what worked best for me now that that's it's it's about seeing what you're trying to see do gators get spooked by red light more than white light i i catch gators i've caught them with a a max q beam Mm -hmm. i don't try and blind them when i have that i'm shining high up in the air i'm keeping the glow on them i'm keeping just enough light that I can see where that alligator is sure. until until we get close enough where we need to either be trying to harpoon them, snag them, or that, and then I'll bring in, put more light on them so I can finish seeing, okay, he's facing left, he's facing right, and that type of stuff. Don't blind your alligators, okay? 
I've always thought that um, <clears throat> even when we used to go out and do that when we would go gigging at night, you don't look into the middle of the spot. You look at the aura around it. The, your eyes seem to do better when you look at the edges a little bit better than when you're trying to look at that bright white it, white, white spot. Yeah. And I think that I know that Glenn, when he, he uses the Wicked Lights as well, and he would say um, white and green – I can't remember if it was white or green. Work like he was out frog gigging. Frogging, he liked the green. The green because they I, they I, wouldn't spook on that at all. But if he used white or red, they would like you know they they they'd freak out. So something in that spectrum of green was better for frog gigging than well, that's, it was for you know. It's like hunt. the elusive lights we've got for the hog lights and everything else. I like I prefer the green because in every experience I've had, it's like you say about the alligator stuff. The green light is it doesn't spook like it doesn't spook anything. It doesn't. They're not as. It, and, and I was told by someone that too their depth perception doesn't pick it up or well, it doesn't mess this, with it. This is one of the big things I find, and this is from just my personal experience. If you take the light off of them and put it back on them, when you take it off, you kind of give them the advantage of seeing you. As long as you keep them in the light, it's it's like a car coming at you. If they have the brights on, you can't see worth a hoot, mm-hmm. okay? But if all of a sudden, you know, their lights aren't quite facing you and, and that, you can see much better. You can see your lane. You can see their lane, you know. And I find the gators are a lot like that. If you turn around and hold them in the light, you know, and I tell people when you focus on an alligator, focus on that alligator Work your way to him. Don't worry about the five others that might be around. Commit to whatever you're going after, and then turn around. And if that doesn't work out, then you go look for another one. But keep the light on them. Don't, well, don't I think, take it off. I think human brains, especially if you're a driver, uh, you're you're trained to be that way. Your brain has been trained that way. You look down the road at the main thing, but... You notice you're always that, checking your peripheral. Yeah, and you always see in that aura. That's where you spot the deer on the side of the road, or you know what was that that we just went by. I mean, your brain is constantly looking at all of that, and so you don't have to put the spotlight directly on them to be able to watch them. But I agree that as you get closer, sometimes it's better to get that light on them so that they don't know they can't see behind that light. They yeah. can't see any activity. They can't see uh, you know getting the bang oh, like stick I said, or it's the a harpoon. They don't know. They can't tell. Okay, is it as close as I think it is, or is it not as close as I think it is? Well, now I, I know that a red light doesn't produce as much um, brightness in the in the aura category, so it's more of a spot spot kind of thing. And I guess the same could be said for green. But I think green is even softer over the whole spectrum, even from the middle out. And I yeah. think that's why hogs don't seem to mind it so much. You put a spotlight on hogs in a field, you put a white light on them, and boogity, boogity, it looks like the Kentucky Derby. They're gone. Well, yeah. uh, you've seen but you put the, green you've seen on them, and they're elusive, all like, eh, You've seen whatever. those feeder lights that I've got, and when they come on bright, I mean, they're it's bright. It's yeah, but not, they, don't, they don't care. I, I think it's that green is a is a softer hue, Yeah, and so it doesn't give them that panic thing oh, like, yeah. oh, crap, yeah, 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 yeah. see us. You know, it's kind of like it's almost like they're in in a in a dusk or dawn situation kind of thing. Green seems to work better for hogs than red does. At least that's, at least that's what I've heard. And uh, red seems to work better for like coyotes and things. Yes, um, you hit a you hit a deer with a spotlight, 
in the aura of a spotlight, and they'll continue to move around and 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 act like there's nothing going on. But as soon as you hit, well, you get the directly, deer in the headlights. As old saying goes, yeah. If you hit them directly, then they kind of like go, "Whoa, dude, what is that?" You know, and they they kind of freak out a little bit. Yeah. So I, I guess I always mentality that wise, I, I mentally put it the same way as when a gator would react if you put a, a spotlight directly on them. They'd be like, "Oh crap, he sees me." Yeah. Well, you no, I, d- I don't necessarily have that. There are gators that as soon as the light hits them, they go down. Uh, they've been well-educated, maybe caught by me three or four times. <laughs> but now, on, on, for his question, he only gives you two choices, red or green. What would you go with if those were just your two choices without white? Red just seems so soft in mine. I have a harder time seeing with the red light than the green light. You as a human. I, I, me being me. Yeah. Okay? And it's it's like, you know, if you were to choose one color lipstick for a woman, not every woman looks as good in the same color lipsticks. It, it's what works on you as a person. What what do your eyes see good? Well, and, now, and, just to give you a heads up on this one, the, he got uh, five responses for it, not counting mine. Uh, two of them were red. They voted for red, and the other two were what best, what light works best for them, daylight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now that we have the hours, you know, now thanks to your hard work, what? that the hours have changed, uh, it- where you can get out in daylight. Uh, if you get out early enough, you don't have to worry and about it. Working light. on twenty-four hours a day and and not having a closed time. Not that you know, in the middle of the day is going to be the most productive, but getting out before that evening thunderstorm. That might be a little but bit ha- nice. Hey, but you know what? The way I look at that, how many people do you know and probably have done it yourself, and I know I've done it too, how many times have you taken deer and stuff in the middle of the day when oh, yeah. they know everybody else is back at the house having some bacon and eggs? They're darn right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I don't know how many and guys. don't tell me that they don't. And every fisherman will tell you, there's this 13-footer who's been hanging out there. I'm going to go get him this year. I go, you're going during the day when you see him? No, we're going tonight. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well, totally why you see him during the day. That's right. I did finally get on the water some this weekend. Well, we'll hear all about when we come back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. Hang in there, guys. Wake up, sunshine. I'm awake. Bill, you awake? I'm getting there. What? I'm getting there. I know Shriner is. We woke his butt up early this morning, but uh, Bill came dragging butt in here. He's down to got one one big old uh, iced tea over there. You suck down the other one? No, I, I got about a well. I'm bound to about a quarter of a tea. Left. Dude, you're a little punchy. He's actually over there. drinking some water now. So we we out uh, we out hunting last night, or did you no. just go on Wednesday? No, I went uh, took the boat out on Sunday. Little little voyage just to make sure it was doing okay. We found a couple issues, like the primer bulb inside of one season kind of disintegrated on us. Uh, got that taken care of. So then George and I went out just to make there you sure. you go, using that ethanol gas. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did, I had been putting ethanol-free in it for the most part. Um, there were some se- times throughout the season when we didn't. I know. That's um, what I'm saying. But... That's because where we were at and needed to refill or uh-huh. something like that. It, they didn't have any. But uh, 
just wanted to make sure everything was going good. So we took a spin out. We went out to Saddle Creek, uh, saw some people there that were at the seminar. Uh, they were out there going to go try and kill some alligators, and they were real excited. They saw us pulling up there, and I was like, well, we're just riding the boat because my tags were for Tenerock for that period, and you can't run a boat at Tenerock. Yeah. You can't open the boat up and just run it. Yeah, you can. You can just go, Rah! and you're on the other side. No. <laughs> no. There's, most of the lakes are no motor. Two of the lakes you can a use a motor, motor in yeah. at no wake. Yeah, trolling and motors, so, yeah. Um, big weekend for me this weekend. Got two two hunts Saturday night, Sunday night that are a little bit more important. One alligator You mean each. tonight and tomorrow night? Tonight and tomorrow night. And, okay. But uh, we just went out there and made sure that, and then... After we got done making sure the boat ran okay, it's like, okay, you want to go over to Rock and just see? And so we did, checked out a new lake that we hadn't been in. Didn't see humongous big. Saw some 10-foot alligators and caught one that was probably probably eight foot or so. Now, are these big, fat-tailed uh, 10-footers, well-fed, clean-looking uh, oh, jobbers? The, the or? Ones, yeah. We, we saw a couple decent, healthy ones. No big uh, black tooth nasties from the backwaters of the Blackwater management area kind no, things? No, But uh, we did we did catch that one, live caught it, managed to break a reel in the process, uh, a reel that I had uh, damaged at the end of last season. No, you just say it like you said it to me in the truck this morning. You just finished it off. Yeah, I finished the reel <laughs> off, and it was like, okay, I have this alligator hooked. I've been fighting them, and the reel breaks. The whole the whole bale comes flying off. The spring goes and hits George upside the head, and uh, <laughs> it's like, okay, so what do I do? I got the alligator settled back down, kept a little tension on him, cut the one rod and reel off, managed to take another one, cut the hook off, tie the two lines together. Wheel it up and manage to finish catching that alligator. Snared him. Buy- I'm buying you the Paul Hogan hat. And uh, so, <laughs> so, so we turn around and uh, managed to catch him. But uh, Gator Dial Dundee. Yeah. So the Dial. Like I said, it gives him the old. Mm-hmm. The couple hundred dollar Dial uh, did not. I think it's called the saltist or something like that. It gave up the ghost. It, 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 I'm it, telling you, call the metal that metal piece actually snapped. So that's actually a really good reel. So I mean, they're they're good quality reels. Again, they're probably not really geared for you know maybe a three or four or five hundred pound. Uh, well, that's alligator that's pulling with uh, about two tons of pressure. Uh, you know, <laughs> on the line somewhere. So. Uh, you got to have a good rod to go with it. Is this one of your repaired, super short uh, no, pull no, cue no, no, type no. rods that no, you no. have? No, this, no, this here is a custom rod um, that was made for me. Um, so the rod held on, but the reel gave up the yeah, ghost. The, the, rod was, the rod was in great shape, but the reel, but uh, <laughs> we turn around. Not so much. Yeah. So, Do you mark those things at all? The alligators? Yeah, do you mark them and go like, oh, hey, there's uh, Billy Bob. We, he's only 10 foot. We already caught him. We'll let him go. No. You know, like do a little ear nip or uh, something? They, they don't have visible <laughs> ears that you can see. But You but know what? I was making a joke them, like a cow. Them, you know, you we do treat them alligators like we used to treat them hogs back in the day. Yeah, you notch your ears. Notch and, your ears, man. Well, I turn around. I, I've asked 
the FWC about me being able to lawfully put in a web tag in the web of a foot because I believe I catch some alligators many, many times, and it'd be kind of neat well, to they see do it with sharks. over I mean, a period of time. Why wouldn't they do that with a guy like you who, who's out there constantly and catching the crud out of them, have the ability to put a tag in there where you could write it down and say, you know, Lake Hancock, uh, this date, and da-da-da-da-da. That way, it's kind of like a... Uh, you know, like they do all I ducks. caught Billy Bob two years ago when yeah, he was six foot. Now I caught him again, and he's nine foot. Yeah. Six. Or he yeah. was finally taken out of Lake uh, Huchiwaga down south, uh, you know, 89 miles away. I, well, and I think it would be cool because, like you said, not only – I remember when we were telling Ava this, when we caught the alligator with her live and let it loose, you know, I think it would be cool because – not only would you know if that alligator stays in that lake, like Braden's saying, or if it's a male or a female, if it takes off and travels, you know, how far, how, uh, to me, I think it would be cool to know with male alligators, really, truthfully, how far do they travel? I mean, when they're looking for a new home or big boy comes in there and kicks them out and. Yeah. I, and that's the type of stuff I said, hey, I'm willing to turn around. I have the alligator. I have them on my boat. It's it's non-injurious. I mean, FWC does it all the time. I said I'd record the length. I would turn around and record the sex, the date, when he was caught, where he was caught. And they're like, well, why would we want that data? And that was the, the response for okay. years. But now there may be a way I might be able to do it. I just have to put take the time to write some paperwork up and get a, a special use type like permit in order to just, do it. Just like Goliath Grouper only eat crustaceans. Yeah. So but, you, you volunteered to do that and they're like, Yeah, no, why would no, we why no. would we want And that? I watched a video care. this week on Facebook of a guy with a pin reel dropping a uh jack over the side of a dock and catching a probably four hundred plus pounder right there in the marina. But I mean no. he didn't use a lobster. No. <laughs> He didn't use a crab. Got to nope. use a lobster, man. Got to use a crab. That's all they eat is crustaceans. Nope. Are you crazy? Yeah. Well, that when he <laughs> believe me, this is the Jack is my water jug. When you see this big mouth come up and all of a sudden go thump, and the the guy standing there with this guy going like this and putting him in a bear hug so he doesn't go over the seawall into the water. I'd right have been more impressed if you'd have said he uh, put a hook through a, you know, a big slab of spam yeah. and threw it over there and caught it with the spam. I'm pretty so. sure he probably would well, have still hit that, that too. That would have been a nicer one. On, on, on Sunday, we turned around did that. Then on Wednesday, I got a call, and I, I managed to sneak out with our, our friend Nick and went out with him and his buddy. Senior Nick. And, and uh, we, we had a good time. I saw... Some really, really, really good alligators, um, but we ended up coming back with one seven something good, good sized female. Are you going to keep these? Are you going to eat them? What are Nick, you doing with these? They, they did keep that one. They did. It was the guy's first um, alligator legally hunted on a. So he's going to just use that one for a meat gator. Oh yeah, that was a meat yeah. gator. It was yeah. a big. Solid female gator. I think they said they got like thirty pounds of meat off of it. That's a good. So yeah. they they were real happy with that. It's a lot easier to clean if you're going to clean one. Those big ten elevens, 
they're they're solid work at that point. Yeah, I, you know, I, the, the last uh, two that I threw in the boat, they were strictly for meat because that's when that was the beginning of the, uh, you know, the downfall of the pricing per se. Then you know, the old days, you know, you could sell your gators off and make your money back uh, at least for the trip. So it was like a free trip anyway. Um, uh, but these days, looking for those fat-tailed, black-backed, you know, females, man, that uh, you can put in the freezer. That's the that's the having a big giant head mount or whatever it is. Okay, yeah, I'll go for it. Whatever. Yeah. But um, uh, mostly nowadays, it's kind of like deer and hogs anymore. Uh, I'm not looking for crap to hang up on my walls. I'm looking for stuff stuff in a freezer. Yeah. That's what I'm. Well, it's funny <laughs> because we turn around and. He ended up harpooning it after I had potted on a rod. We had it on a rod a couple different times, and uh, we turned around. He harpooned it, and I says to him, I says, was that, was that alligator bobtailed? And he's like, huh? It's like, yeah, I, I, I think it was bobtailed. And when we ended up bringing it in, he turned around, and uh, sure enough, it was severely bobtailed. Well, that's not the worst one you've ever caught. What was that mercy killing you did oh, last year? I think only you had one had leg one left. One leg left. <laughs> it, that was with Glenn Grisette, or Kidman. Yeah, Kidman, yeah. And, and that that particular alligator Lucky. had one leg left and it had a broken back and he couldn't swim straight. I think he had one eye too. I think he was that's just what like, I said, lucky. Yeah, I mean he was just like, you know what? I think he swam into the light on purpose. Just get me out of here. I mean, Send he, could, he couldn't the... even get out of the water. That alligator. No, I mean, uh, maybe he did, you know, some flopping, floppage up get there his to head get head up there and yeah. stay warm. I mean, but he was really skinny, emaciated. Yeah. I can't remember if it was a male or a female. Do you remember? I don't remember. I just remember the pictures, and you're like, notice anything missing on these alligators? I was like, but, yeah, just about everything. I can't believe it still got a tail. I mean, he was whooped. But but we did have a good time out there. And what you looking at? That's what the alligator was saying. Yeah. What you looking at? Yeah, I'm going to come take that leg off. Well, that's good. I look forward to some sous vide stuff here pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Go lighter on the salt this year, will you? All right. Lighter on the salt? Lighter on the salt. All right. Let's not go with the Pennsylvania recipe. Nice. You know, use some Zatarans or something, bro. All right. Okay. Yeah. I'll write it down for you. Speaking of recipes, how I about, got one. How about you just cook it? And I'll eat it. Uh, hey, I got a chef, brother. He can do that. Don't throw a good time in my face. <laughs> All right, we're going to have a break. Pay it some bills. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be back. Hang on.